0: Welcome to Restoration Church. At Restoration, we focus on reaching the lost, reviving their lives with the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ and restoring hearts, minds, relationships through the power of the gospel. We are a church equipping and empowering the body of Christ to reach their full potential in Christ. We are led by Pastor Rex and Jennifer Hare. We hope you are encouraged by this morning's sermon. The writer of Ecclesiastes said that it's a, it's a life and a journey of seasons and we all walk through those seasons so I'm thankful that you've chosen to take that journey with us and uh, we're excited about what the word says believe it or not I'm going to preach out of Leviticus today how many of you enjoy reading Leviticus Brother Keith I, I like parts of Leviticus they certain parts of Leviticus I have to make myself read again because I'll check out but you know Leviticus is the word of God and it is good and it is a good word. Anything that's a word is good. Amen. So I want to read with, uh, we're going to talk this morning. If you'll stand with us for the reading of the word, uh, Leviticus chapter 26, verses 3 through 13. Leviticus chapter 26, verses 3 through 13. If you follow my decrees and are careful carefully obey my commands, I will send rain in the season and the ground will yield its crops and the trees will and the trees of the field, their fruit. Your freshened floor will continue with great harvest, and the great harvest will continue until planting, and you will eat the food you want and live in safety in the land. I will grant peace in the land, and you will lie down, and no one will make you afraid. I will remove savage beasts from the land, and the sword will not pass through your country. In verse seven, you will pursue your and they will fall by the sword before you. Five of you will chase a hundred and a hundred of you will chase ten thousand and your enemies will fall by the sword before you. I will look on you with favor and will make you fruitful and increase your numbers. I will keep my covenant with you. You will, st- you will still be eating last year's harvest. Listen to this verse. I'm going to read it again. Start over again. You will still be eating last year's harvest when you have, when you have to move it out to make room for the new. And verse 11, I will put my dwelling place among you and will not abhor you or hate you. I will walk among you and be your God and you will be my people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt so that you no longer be slaves to the Egyptians. I broke the bars of your yoke and enabled you to walk with heads held high. Stretch your hands this way and ask God to anoint us for the preaching and teaching of his word today. Father, we love you and we honor you and we praise you and we glorify you, God. You're a good God and you care deeply about us and you care deeply about what we walk through in the seasons of our life. God, and I just thank you for your people today. Because your people are good, God, and you're thinking are a good God and you love us unconditionally, God, and you want to bless your people. Matter of fact, your word talks strongly about the blessing for your people. And we thank you for that today. I ask you to bless us for the preaching and teaching your word. You anoint us and use us. And let everything we say and do bring honor and glory to you. May you be lifted up, and may and if you were lifted up, you'll draw all men unto you. And we thank you for it in Christ's name. And all the church said, Amen. amen. And amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Today I want to talk to you about making room for new. You know, before we uh was able to remodel the sanctuary, we had to do a lot of tearing out. How many was here when we did the tearing out? How many of us know that the the demolition is more fun than the than the than the construction a lot of times? Come on. Amen. How many of us were here? Jason was here, and David, many of us were here when uh, Eric, when we put the screws in the ceiling. I remember all those screws and sheetrock in the ceiling? Y'all remember how bad you hurt when you got home you couldn't raise your arms? Everybody's walking around like this.
1: Because
0: you wasn't used to putting the sheetrock in, in the ceiling, we uh, put a lot, of, uh, a lot of sheets of sheetrock in the ceiling. I'm going to say that real slow. Many sheets of sheetrock in the ceiling and on the walls. And it took, started to take uh, form. I would come in a lot of times and meet with contractors. I remember meeting with the guys that were uh, doing the finishing on the sheetrock. And he was talking about... Spots that they had to float out and fix. You know, anytime you have a building, you have something that's not square. And when you have an old building, (laughs) you have a lot of things that's not square. Amen. So we, it was a process. And as the process, I remember remember us showing the pictures and we'd show the pictures as we was in the process and things were slowly coming together. So it's been a journey. And anytime anybody ever built a house, Jordan Boyd, a builder in a house right now, and the journey of of a house, it takes a minute. Amen. How I many of us know if you're if you building a house, it's going to take a while, and it is a process. So today I want to talk to you a little bit about what God's plan is for us this year, what I feel like that God's plan is for us as a church this year, and how some things will remain the same, but some things will change. How I many of us know that change is inevitable? How I many of us know what challenges you, what, what will challenge you will change you? Come on, if it don't challenge you, it won't change you. You know, you gotta have some things in life that challenge you. You know, like men, the best thing could happen to men is have a wife that challenges Come on. I mean, I'm, this is Valentine's Day. I'm gonna stir it up today. I'm gonna to have y'all ready to go. Amen. So you're gonna have somebody that challenges. My wife challenges me at times to do things. Okay, well, why don't we do this? Or why don't we paint? Or why don't we build a deck here? And this is the church, you know. Come on, y'all. Y'all might help me today. I think everybody said, Well, Pastor, preach this next Sunday. It's Valentine's Day, okay? Uh, but you know things change and that's inevitable change is inevitable and I think a lot of what's happening in the church how many of us know that our world and our country is changing right now
1: Yes, Amen.
0: we're taking hard shifts right now as a world and a country how many of us know that it's going to affect already has affected the church and will affect the church yes. but how many of us know that the Bible says that Jesus told Peter Peter you're a rock and upon this rock I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. How many us know that he's going to have, the Father is going to have, through Jesus Christ and through the power of his Holy Spirit, he is going to have a church. Amen? And nothing changes that. Not anything we go through is going to change that. So today I want to talk to you about making room for new. For every blessing the Lord gives us, there's an act of something called obedience. We must act on the hand of God for the hand of God to bless us. Today, today's text is from the book of Leviticus. In the book of Leviticus, we read about reminders of God's blessing to people. Now we've read about what God said he would do, how the great harvest would continue and the threshing floor would be full, and that he would make his very end, the rains come, and the rains would come in the perfect season, and all these things would happen. But how many of us know that these were conditional upon obedience, right? Amen. It's everything is conditional upon obedience. Jesus offers salvation to everyone in this world, but it's conditional upon that person receiving the free gift that Jesus paid for. Amen. It is conditional. So today I want to talk to us a little bit about the conditions of God's blessings and what God wants to do in us and through us. The the first thing I want to remind you of before we go deep into this is that I want to remind us of that God has an undying love through Christ Jesus that is never ending. Whether you're the best Christian today or the worst Christian, that God has an undying love for you that is not stronger if you're the worst on your worst day. And it's not any less on your best day Come on God has a love for you that is unconditional That will never end It is eternal Amen. Amen God don't have to find love God himself is love He is the definition of love So we have a God that loves us So I'm going to ask the question this morning If we have a God that loves us How much more do we think God wants to bless us Amen the Bible says that God reigns on the just and the non-just a life. Come on, isn't that what the scripture said brother Keith? God reigns on good people and God reigns on bad people. I mean, have ever seen somebody that just, they're crooked and you know they're crooked and they operate business and they lie and cheat and steal, yet they have nice cars and good jobs and maybe have strong businesses? I mean, there's no God blesses those people too. How many of us also know that God says that He will cause the wealth of the wicked to be at the feet of the righteous? See, yes. that's what He's saying. Yes. And you say, well, Pastor, what does that have to do with us? God's promise is for His people to be blessed. And He's saying, oh, some of y'all probably thinking, okay, Pastor X is fixing to get some prosperity teaching. Well, let me tell you something today. God wants you to prosper. But more than he wants you to prosper financially and help, he wants you to prosper in your soul first. He said, I long for you to prosper even as your soul prospers. Let me tell you, the magic ingredient or the special ingredient for God blessing us here as a Christian is that our soul is in the right standing with the Almighty God. We're already blessed because Jesus paid the price for me to have eternal life. And the blessings of the Lord make it rich and Adam no sore. Isn't you know that what scripture says? So Jesus already paid the price uh, of Jerry for me to be blessed. He already paid the ultimate price. I don't have to earn it, Jesus gives that full and free. That's called grace. Amen. Amen. We already are a blessed people. And he was talking to the to the children of Israel that had just come out of captivity of Egypt. And Egypt represented something, it represented the bondage and slavery. And he's talking about all the things that he would do if you obey my commands. Now what was the problem in those days? What was the problem for people in those days? I'm going to help you out a little bit. because You're probably not thinking along the lines I am. But the problem for the children of Israel in those days was this thing called idol worship. Idol worship. Anybody remember what Abraham's dad was? He was a builder of idols. That's how he made a living building idols. You say, well, Pastor Rex, why would a man build idols? Why do people build idols today? That's right. You say, well, people don't build idols today, but for many people, their job is their idol. Come on. For many people, their bass boat is their idol. For many people, their golf clubs is their idol. For many people, when they look in the mirror, themselves are their idol. They're concerned about themselves, but the church of Jesus Christ has come to a time, come on, y'all go ahead me preach today, Because y'all, I'm pretty sure y'all going to want to go to Cracker Barrel in a while, right? And we still got to stay to the church after this. So y'all help me preach today. But the church has come to a place that the world has lost its moral compass, but the church is losing its voice. Come on. We cannot lose our voice because the world has lost its way. The truth is that Jesus Christ loves us and he gave his life for us. The Bible says so we can have life and have it to the full. But the truth is, if we don't know Jesus when we leave this life, we are going to hell.
1: Amen.
0: That's not very popular today. Many churches don't even preach there is a hell anymore. But there's a heaven and there's a hell. And we're going to spend eternity in one place. Okay, everybody say, listen, all right, brother, Pastor H, let's talk about Valentine's. Let's talk about some love, man. The Bible says in John 3.16 that for God so loved the world that he gave. So you cannot be a Christian and walking in confidence and in, and in the place and walking in the, the perfect will of God unless you are a Christian that loves other people. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave. If you don't give, check yourself before you break your sin. If you're not a giver, you say, well, Pastor Rex, my finances are not where they need to be. Do you tithe God or do you rob from God? How popular is it? But if I'm not tithing, I'm robbing God. Isn't that what the word says? They say, Pastor, let's talk about the happy stuff We're getting there. So when we don't tithe, we rob God. And we rob ourselves. We're not robbing God. We're robbing ourselves of the blessing of God. We are doing that. You say, "What does that have to do to me?" It not only affects my finances, but it affects everything that returns things to me. Thankfully, we have a strong church here that people believe in giving. Not only what God requires them, which is ten percent, right, but they give above and beyond because we wouldn't have all this if you didn't give above and beyond. Yes, yeah, amen. That's the truth of the matter. Now I'm we'll gonna move on and make a point here. We are in a time and a season in the end times. How many believes it's the last days? Come on. You're blind if you don't believe this is the last days. You need to check yourself if you don't believe it. You need to open your eyes. You don't even have to read the Bible. You just need to look around you and know that you're in the last days. How many of us love watching the news right now? Yes. Yes. Jennifer has the news and weather on in the morning. When I come out of the bathroom from getting a shower, I move on through real quick. Because every six six minutes on Fox 6, what you are going to get, Yeah, you're going to get weather again, right? You're going to get weather again. So I get the weather. I know it's going to be cold today. I know it's going to be raining. and then In that have I know it's going to be cold, raining, warm, cold, raining. warm. Come on. Kevin. Not necessarily in that order, but that's kind of what we're doing right now. So the bottom line is, I, what I consume, I become. So what I put in my mind and feed my mind on, I become. So what you say, what does that have to do with the blessing of God? If we're not careful as a church, what we consume our mind on Eliminates the ability of God to bless us because our mind and our imagination is on everything else except the word of God and the blessings of God yes, amen. and you say well pastor what's the good news the good news is that Jesus paid the ultimate price for you to walk in the fullness of God and the blessing of God scripture says eyes have not seen ears not heard neither has it entered into the hearts of man the things that God has prepared those that love him. He wasn't just talking about heaven. He was talking about our lives here. He's called an abundant life. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. Neither has it entered the hearts of me. How do we hear from God? We know the word. We renew our mind. Paul Paul said in Romans, renew your mind daily. We're transformed by the renewing of the mind, not be, be not conformed to this world and the power of it, but be you transformed by the new renewal of your mind. we renew our mind through the Word. Now we're in a season of supernatural increase. Verse 3 and 4 says, if you follow my decrees, in, in, uh, in Leviticus chapter 26, verses 3 and 4, it says, if you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands, I will send rain in its season and the ground will yield its crops and the trees will bear fruit. Rain signifies the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit. And it, it only it only waters it not only waters trees and plants so they bear fruit of crop, but it washes away the stubble and the debris of our life. Come on. Yes. Right. The Bible talks about the scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit will not dwell in any unclean temple. You say, Well, Pastor Rex the Holy Spirit is what I feel when they sing my favorite worship song or when I'm driving down the road and Carrie Joe comes on or Elevation Worship or whoever and I my favorite song or, or whatever, who sings my favorite song no, the Holy Spirit is who lives inside of me. Yes, it's the third person of the Godhead he's though that that individual, the Godhead that cleanses us and changes us, amen, amen. without the drawing and moving of the Holy Spirit we cannot even be saved, isn't that right? We can't even be saved unless the Holy Spirit draws us unto Him. So the Holy Spirit washes away. The Word of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, washes away things in our life. We, as the, we as the children of Israel, are in a season of, pe- of people that the Lord is washing away some things that in our lives that need to be replaced with something new. Amen. Amen. How many of ever pressure wash your deck or your house once a year to get them old and deal to do, do. Your sidewalks or whatever. And it looks so good. It smells better. Come on. We pressure wash the church about once a year around here and it looks so good. That pressure washed the roof a few months ago. It looks so good. And why? You couldn't even hardly tell the roof was white or off white or whatever color it is. But it looks so good because we washed away the debris. And I tell you today, there's a season coming to the church. Y'all hear me today that the Holy Spirit is going to wash some things away. Come on, church. in. Yeah, he is going to wash some things away from the church. He's going to change the things. You say, well, Pastor, what does that have to do with me? The Lord is going to have a remnant of people that will serve him in and through these last days. You're doing good, Rich. You're doing good today. John chapter 4, verse 35 said, Jesus said, I tell you, open your eyes for the fields. They are ripe and ready for harvest. Jesus was talking to his disciples, and he knew that they would. Well, you know, how many you know that Jesus, the parables, were what? Stories. What were they?
1: Stories.
0: They were stories. Thank you. Somebody help me there. They were stories. Jesus liked to tell stories. And that was in an agricultural age and a time. So a lot of times he would tell about planting and reaping. And he made a, he made a, uh, a, a parable, spoke a parable about harvest. And he said, look across there. The fields are ripe and ready for harvest. Never in the age of the church has the the harvest been more ripe and ready. Come on. There's people all around us every day that are looking for good news. Miss Mary, they need some hope. They need some help. How do you just work with somebody or or around somebody or go to school with somebody every day? You know they don't know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. You have been put there to give an account for the hope that lies within you to them. Yeah. And sometimes we even speak words. Most of the time, it's just our life. But the Lord will open the door for us to speak into people's lives. I got an opportunity last Sunday. I'm not bragging on me, I'm bragging on God. I got the opportunity last Sunday afternoon to lead a 73 year old man to the Lord. Come on. I got called to go to his house and lead him to the Lord. I didn't ask for that because I could to this. I've been saying, God, you put me in the path of people that I can lead you, that can yes. lead them to you and tell them the truth. And God gave me the opportunity to lead that person to the Lord, but not only that frame of that family and several of that family that does not know Jesus. Yeah. Can I tell you in these days, you say, Pastor, what does evangelism look like? What is the church going to look like in the last days? What it's going to look like is people that are full of the power of the Holy Spirit that's not just relegated to a 30-minute worship service on Sunday. The church is going to look like people that care about other people. That maybe they're fourth and fourth and their lives are screwed up. Maybe they're in their fourth or fifth marriage. Come on, I'm talking to somebody today, but Jesus still loves them unconditionally. You say, well, pastor, they may not look like me, they may not smell like me, they may not think like me, but let me tell you, Jesus spent his life being around people who looked like that. Come on. He made opportunities to go into people's houses that other people wouldn't go into. He walked 21 miles out of the way to meet a woman at the well that was in her fifth broken relationship. He got off of a boat and met a man that I preached about last Sunday with a legion of demons in him and he set him free and he went from being he who was concerned with thousands of demons. Come on. To him who became an evangelist to his own town and territory and family. Yes. You say, Well, Pastor, I know a lot of people that's without hope today. If they're still drawing breath, they are not without hope. Amen. Yes. You. Yes. you say, Well, where is the hope? The hope is the local church. God is not through with the local church. So I declare and decree that God is going to give Restoration Church Lakeview. Come on. Yes. You say, Well, Pastor Rex, I don't, I don't know, I don't know search struggle and I tell you if you speak that it will happen that's right the Bible says those that, that we speak death and life with the tongue and those who love it will eat it's fruit you're not you'll not accomplish what God wants you to accomplish and I'm not accomplish what God wants me to accomplish for the kingdom if all I ever do is speak death to my life that's right? I may be saved and on my way to heaven Jerry but when I speak death over my life that's what I will get because I was created in the image of God, really, and the words I speak have power because the God that saved me has power. Come on. Right. Yeah. The Bible tells us that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Miss Marion, my words have power. Y'all today, church. God's blessing is not something we gotta pray down or beg God for. They've already been given to the church. We just gotta walk in it. You what Well, Pastor, how is it done now? How has he done that? have you seen him do that in your life? And we'll talk about that in the state of the church this afternoon. But how does he take a church that's a probably about four or five months away from closing the door, Brother Keith, this is true, isn't and take it and make it one of the strongest churches financially in the whole district in four years? Because somebody believed God. Come on. Yes. Somebody wouldn't believe the report of the enemy. So I challenge you today. No matter there's speak people in the end of the sound of my voice. That are going through difficult times in your life. Whose report will you believe? Yeah. What, ver, what version of the news do you believe? Turn the news off. Open the book and pray in the spirit. And hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. God will put people in your lives. And he will give you an opportunity to speak life to situations. How many of us are needing God to answer a prayer now? Come on, I'm the first. You need God to do something in your life right now. You need an answer right now. What are you focusing on? Yes. Are you focusing in on your problem or are you focusing on how big your God is and what his word proclaims? He has for you. You say, well, pastor, how do I change my thinking thinking? Anybody ever had any thinking thinking? the it miss get up on Monday morning and say, Lord, I'm ready to go to work. Come on. Hey, All right, that's the first thing we need to do is have a repentant service. <laughs> Aren't you still whatever your day of work is and you don't want to go to work? That means know that we're blessed to have jobs. Yes. We're blessed to have food. We're blessed to have heat. We're blessed to have shelter. We're blessed to have food. All these things we're blessed to have. So our focus needs to be on what we do have, not what we don't have. Yeah, right. Our focus needs to be on what we've been blessed with. Verse 6 says I will grant you peace. Now this is one that we all struggle with from time to time and I'm talking to some people today. I will grant you peace. You will lie down and no one will make you afraid. How I many of you have ever had some fear coming against you? body? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> How I many of you just been going through something during the day and you feel fear coming against you? How many of you know that the scripture says that fear has to do with punishment? It's not from God. Do you know what scripture says? How many of you know that scripture tells us that he's not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of salvation? Yes. He has not given us the spirit. And who is he? God himself through Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. He has given us He has not given us a spirit of fear But he has given us power and love And of a sound mind So when I start quoting that scripture to the enemy In my situation Fear can't stay in the room where the Holy Spirit is Come on You say well Pastor Rex can you prove it Yes Jesus was standing in a boat About to dock and a man Filled with thousands of demons Known as Legion Approached him Because the demons knew who Jesus was Come on they knew who Jesus was. I'm gonna see if any of y'all was listening to my sermon last week. Last week I preached about that, but the demons knew who Jesus was when they approached him, and Jesus was stepping off the dock of the boat. They said Why? The, the man full of demons said, Why have you come here, Jesus, to torture us, son of the most high God? You say, Well, Pastor Rex, does God know? Does demons know who I am? Do you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you? They know who That's you right. are. That's right. And he's also giving you authority. Come on, y'all, help me today, church. To tread on serpents and scorpions. Come on. That's the last day of promise of the church. I might as well just preach myself happy before we have a go business meeting. Come on. I might as well make myself happy this morning. Come on, church. He's giving you authority. You don't have to beg him for it. Jesus made part on the cross hanging just like this. And when he said it's finished, glory to God, the veil of the temple was written, and Jesus made a way for me to have all of the kingdom of God. Come on. In Christ. In so has he given me authority? The church said amen. amen. Has he given me authority? The church said amen. 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 That's better on the same time. Amen. Some of us have already drifted into the chicken and dumplings or whatever we have in the church today. Amen. I'm going to make myself hungry here. <laughs> but it's time for a supernatural harvest. Yes, it is. Supernatural harvest. The people that live right around us. I'm tired of talking about evangelism. We're going to do evangelism. Amen. It's time to quit talking about reaching people. It's time to go out in the highways and the byways and compel them to come It's time to tell our story. You say, well, Pastor Rex, I don't like talking about the life I used to live. How many of you know that if you would share the story of the life that you used to live, giving glory and honor to Jesus, that Jesus would change somebody else's life because of what he's done in your life? You want to know what happened to Legion? Miss Judy, after Jesus cast those demons out, and we know the story they ran into that herd of pigs about 2,000, and they run off that hillside in the lake and they drowned themselves. You know what happened to legion? He went from being a man that was possessed by thousands of demons to a man who came of evangelism. Immediately. Yes. The Bible said the next day they saw and sent him by the road clothed in his right mind. I might as well just preach myself. Yes. Uh-huh. Clothed in his right mind. He begged to get on the boat with Jesus. Let me go with you. Yes. Let me go be one of part, of part of your party. And Jesus says no you don't need to go with me. You've got a family at home. You go tell your family what's happened. You go tell the about what's happening. in an area of 10 cities. You go tell them the good news. So Pastor Rex, do well, I have something to get excited about? Yes, I have something to get excited about. I have the King of all kings and the Lord of our lords living in my heart and mind. I was lost and bound for hell, but Jesus took a man that was like you to and medium. he cast him out and he changed my life forever. You say, Pastor, that's the good news. Someone needs to hear the good news. Amen. I didn't have nobody to preach to last Sunday, so I'm going to just double up on you. Amen. We are in a season of authority. I remember the series I preached a while back on the sonship of, of Jesus, the God, the series I preached, and the authority that we have in Christ Jesus. We've been given authority. If he gave his disciples the authority to tread on serpents and scorpions, he was talking about little, I mean, my wife. Every once in a while, we live up in these pine uh, thickets up here. You know, that's where scorpions like hang out. Every once in a while, we get one in the house. She about ready to come to the church and live down here when she sees them. She don't like them, She's seen one in the house and said, I don't care what you got to do. while back, you're going to get something and kill them guys. I had to crawl up onto the house and spray. Come on. You got to do something with them. But Jesus didn't give them authority to mix up some whatever you got to mix up to spray. Jesus gave them authority. The, the, the serpents and the scorpions represented demons. Come on. And the powers of hell. He said, I've given you authority to tread on. When you're treading on something, that means you're walking on. Come on, church. Yes. We need to start walking as a church with our head lifted high, that we've been redeemed by the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. We need to learn to walk on demons and serpents and scorpions. Come on. Pastor, you a a spooky spiritual woman today. No, I'm just telling you the truth. He's giving you the authority as a follower of Jesus Christ. That means I don't have to go get pastor to pray a demon out of somebody. I can catch one out myself. Did he say that? because he's giving me the authority when it comes down to it it's not really my authority or my power it's the power that works in us the bible says we are able to do exceedingly he is able to do exceedingly abundantly and above all we can ever ask or think according to the power that
1: works
0: in us us there's this word that we don't like to talk about a lot. We hear people use it loosely. Well, they're a person of faith. There's a lot of people that have faith in a lot of things. But do they have faith in Jesus Christ? Faith. And he crucified? crucify? Yes. What about this word called faith? Faith moves God. Amen? No amens. Doesn't faith move God? Yes. Yeah. Remember the centurion that came to Jesus and he said, my daughter's died, but you don't even have to come to the house. Yeah. Even though I got authority, you don't have to come to my house. All you got to do is just say the word, and everything's going to be okay. Right? All right. You know what Jesus honored with that person's face? You remember the woman that would, had the issue of blood, and she had been sick for twelve years, and she couldn't. She, couldn't, she had a, 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 the disease of bleeding, and she couldn't stop bleeding. The Bible says she spent all she had, and, and the doctors had put her through a lot of pain and anguish, but she even got worse. But she heard about this man named Jesus that, that, that even the demons knew who he was. Come on, yes. And he was walking by, and Julie had this large crowd around him, and he could, she couldn't get to him because her body was weak from this disease. But she said to herself, "Come on, in that measure of faith, if I can just touch him and the hem of his garment, I know I'll be made whole." That faith moved the King of all kings and Lord of all lords. David, I to see her trying to press through the crowd. She may have had to crawl to get through. She probably got her hands stepped on. She probably got caught up to a a couple times pushing somebody out of the way. But nothing was going to stop this woman from getting through her either. Right. She may have had to drum up the last little bit of faith and strength that she had. But she pushed through the crowd to touch Jesus. And the Bible says that when she touched him, God himself, Jesus, the Son of God, said, Who touched me? Now, Jesus' disciples had a little bit of smart help you, know, you know, a couple of them were called the sons of thunder, were they not? In other words, they like, how many know that Jesus' disciples wasn't the most upright guys that were hanging out? The good guys. Peter was a rough, vulgar-mouthed fisherman but was converted by Jesus as a disciple and thousands come to know the Lord under Peter. Come on. Yes. Luke was a doctor that knew everything. He was kind of a know-it-all. Theologians tell us that Luke was kind of... You mean you lowly peasants don't know about this? Everybody knows about Judas. We hear about Judas. But Judas was called by Jesus too. He just made a bad decision. Come on. Yeah. Jesus, Judas was given the same opportunity. So, this woman touches Jesus, him of his garment, and Jesus says, I have felt virtue flow from me. Our power has left me. Who has touched me this topic was like, I'm asking what you saying. Really, Jesus, there's thousands, hundreds of people pressing around you, trying to get around you. Oh. I can see Jesus say, hmm, i was just by myself. You know what happens? Jesus' the spirit speaks to this woman's spirit. That's what happens. She's touched him. She's been, she's been healed. And Jesus said, Woman, who touched you? He said, Again, who touched me? And the woman said, It was me that touched you. And he looks at her and says, Go and be healed, your faith that made you whole. That's right. Amen. Anybody in that crowd that had an ailment that day could have gotten the same healing this woman had. But there was one ingredient missing. She had Faith. She said, "I'm going to touch God today." You said, "Well, Pastor Mitch, am I believe? Are you believing God for greater? Are you believing God for increase? I, I will have faith that I will touch Him." Yes, a I don't believe that this to spiritual stuff. When this world believes in it, they're going to hell every day believing it. Why well, yeah. should the church walk in the authority that God is giving them? She had faith. Faith to God. Romans 10 17. I know y'all think, Pastor, you preached from Genesis to Revelation, but almost. Got a couple more books to get here. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It says, Faith, you back up, make sure I read it right. It says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if I need my faith to increase, I need to more of the word in my life. The Bible says the Word of God is more quicker and more sharper and more powerful than any double-edged sword. It cuts to the innermost being of a person. That means that I can speak the Word of God to somebody and the Word of God don't mean me to prop it up or make it better. The Word of God accomplishes what God wants you to accomplish. All I gotta do is speak it. These people might not literally pick up a Bible and read it. Can I tell you, really, they can read your life, young like Yeah. Hmm? They can read your motives and your intentions and they will use you and it don't matter. I'm going to talk to our young people. We've got a couple of in here this morning that God will use you wherever you at. Right. And he'll do great things wherever you at. If you had forgot, David was just a little bitty really boy when God used him to kill a giant because he had faith and he wasn't going to allow him to curse his God. That's
1: right.
0: yeah, so Pastor Rex what does that have to do with the authority of the believer? God has given you the authority yeah. as a believer to have a harvest for the kingdom. He's giving you the authority. On serpents and scorpions and snakes, come on—those things that are evil that attack the kingdom. How many of us know? Hebrews chapter eleven, verse six says, "Without faith, it is impossible to please God." Inside of each person, whether believer or not, there is a measure of faith. John, in every person that's ever been born, you say, "Well, Pastor proof. Everybody believes in something. Amen? Yeah. How many of you know somebody that's not necessarily a Christian or a follower of God, which is the same thing, but they believe in something?
1: Yeah.
0: Everybody you know believes in something. Watch what they do and put their money and their time and their effort into. They believe it. And I'm not putting these people down. I was just like them. I believed in something. But what you believe in, the Bible says, where your treasure, your heart will be also. I have people tell me all the time, Pastor Rex, I want to be a sold-out believer, server of God, but don't serve Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. I don't have to judge you, the word of God will, right? Yes. So where my treasure is, my heart will be also. I will be allowed to follow business. Jesus was in the temple, wow, and the educated people of the day, remember that day? They couldn't find him, and Jesus is in there with the scholars and the scribes Brother the and he's wowing them at the knowledge he has. Yeah. And his mom and dad are looking for him, and they can't find him. And his mom is probably getting on him a little bit. Where are you at? You're supposed to be with your family. You're supposed to be with your tribe, with your your group of people that we're traveling with. And Jesus looks at her and says, "Don't you think I'd be about my father too?" He wasn't being smart with his mother for a Jewish boy at 13 years old. They're called bar mitzvah. They're called a man. So at 13 years old, Jesus realized who he was and he began ministry because his culture told him that he was a man. In the Jewish culture, a woman becomes a woman at 12 or 13 years old. It's called bat mitzvah. Come on. And they become a woman. They, They start realizing who they're going to be and what they're going to become hear me today, Jesus had decided that it was time for him to start his ministry, it was time to start using what he had been taught and he said, well pastor, what was the significance of it? I believe that Mary and Joseph taught Jesus about the things of God he said, well pastor, was Jesus the son of God? yeah, by the Holy Spirit, he's going to know about it anyway but also he had been raised, and I'm talking to parents today if you raise your children to go to church and love Jesus, they're going to find you. Come on. Yes. If you put every if you put the ballpark, I hope a lot of people listening today, about 0.19% are going to play professional ball or college ball. Come on. But we spend hours and hours and hours taking our kids, i mean, been guilty of to the ballpark. I pushed this girl right here. She already hated me. I stayed, I coached her before, I was hard on her because she was a pretty good golf ball player. I coached him, I made life hard on him, I coached him in JB football, and he was a 145 pound defensive lineman and I made life rough on him every day. Yeah. I was harder on my kids than I was on the other kids. I got feeling bad when I get back in the truck after practice a lot evening. But I seen what I saw in them, but I'm telling you, life has taught me something. That when I teach them Jesus, I need to be passionate about teaching them about Jesus right. and showing them Jesus. There's nothing wrong with your kids playing ball and sports, but don't let that become your God. That's right. I don't to hope I did say this or not. Don't let it become your God. Don't let hunting and fishing become your God. Don't buy a $40,000. Or a lift kid on your truck and throw your family away. Gain the whole world and he lose his soul. Amen. Amen. You said, well, Pastor Reach, we shouldn't even talk about things like that. That's the reason the world's in a shape is here because the church won't talk about it. Amen. Talk about those things, man. If you are a man, love your wife. You got no business looking at somebody else's. Come on. Amen. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit right now. I have no business left after somebody else's wife. I've been blessed with a great wife myself. Mm -hmm. We need to tell people the truth. Mm -hmm. We need love your man, encourage him. He may not be what you think he ought to be, but he will never be if you talk about him all the time. You know the greatest need. I I don't even know why I'm saying. I know the Holy Spirit is telling me say this. Is this not in the notes? I'll let y'all look at them after this.
1: Mm -hmm. Right.
0: I want to hear it. but when she we got married I was a new Christian and she loved me into the faith. even though I was raised in a preacher's home Miss uh, Tracy I hated church I thought them folks was a bunch of hypocrites but there was an old 60 something year old pastor that loved me and he would come to me when we go to church on Sunday morning and Sunday night I went a lot of times because she wanted me to go and he put his arms around me and he'd tell me how much Jesus loved me, and that the calling was without repentance on my life. And that my mom and my grandma and my dad had taught me what's right. And I need to walk in and he loved me. And they would invite me over. Me, him and Sister Irby would invite us over after church to eat a bowl of soup and talk about the Lord and talk about our marriage. They didn't judge us, they loved us. Where does evangelism happen? He's calling us to back to having simple evangelism in a homeless remote spot. You can have a cup of coffee with somebody by a campfire or on the bass boat and lead somebody to Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. People think that evangelism just happens on a very small percentage of the effect of the church happens on Sunday morning. What happens is when you go intricately into a woman. I, I, swear I love, like our ladies get together and love on each other and minister to people and find families to help. It's called ministry called the church being the church. We got a men's group starting next Saturday at 6.30. We're going to get together and grill to talk about life. We're going to play cornhole and go play golf and go fishing. You know why? Because men like doing that and they need to do that every once in a while besides work. Amen. Preaching to the preacher, man. Why I tell them I to do something besides work in church all the time? Because we need that. Yes. We need to allow the word of God to speak into our life and change our life. But ladies, if you would encourage a man, he might not be doing what you want him to do. But if you'll love him and you'll be that ever crossed, God will lead him to, to him to lead that your husband to him through you. Yes. Amen. God can do the same thing for you. He uses that. He will use us in our imperfections. And we ain't got it all together, not one person that walked through these doors today has it all together, or we wouldn't need God. Yes. You look at a pastor every Sunday morning. I, Brie handed me a notepad to write my scripture down on this morning with a pen, and I dropped that pen. That's probably the 20th thing I've dropped this morning. I'm imperfect. I don't do everything right. Every once in a while, I quote a scripture. My wife tells me about it. That's okay, I'm a man. I'm a person. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to fall short. But we trust in Jesus. Almost done. I know y'all can't believe it. Almost done. Only closing two times today. (sighs) (sighs) So, why do we need the Spirit of God in the last days? He said, He will make His presence in Leviticus 26 walk among you. And when you lie down, you will have peace. What was He talking about? He's talking about the spiritual presence of God will walk among you. Acts chapter 17, verse 28 says it like this. For in him we live and we move and we have our people The Holy Spirit is not relegated to a 30-minute worship session on Sunday morning. The Holy Spirit lives in our heart every day. In him we live and we move and we have our people In him we live and move and have our being. 2 Corinthians 3 and 17 says for the spirit, where the spirit of the Lord there is, there is freedom and liberty. So if the spirit of God abides in me, he gives me freedom, liberty, hope, and peace. What did Jesus tell his disciples? Peace I leave with you. Peace I give you. Not the world peace this world gives, you, but the peace I give you. Yeah, There's a difference. This world can promise peace tomorrow. Come on, how many know that? The government can tend and tell you today that everything's going to be okay. They can. But you know where real hope and real peace is going to come from? The word of God. And the, God. And the truth of God. And knowing Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior. In him we live and move and have our peace. Supernatural hearts and supernatural peace. I think he's ever been around somebody they spent some horrific time for their life. Yet they still had peace. It didn't mean that what they were going through wasn't tough. It wasn't one of t- life's greatest trials, but they still had peace. They still had peace. The scripture tells us that he gives us, Miss Marianne, a peace that passes all understanding in Christ Jesus the world didn't give it no song, no end the world didn't give it. You know, it and the world didn't take it away because the world didn't give it the world didn't take it away because what Jesus gives us the world didn't take it away so I challenge you today the time of supernatural increase I'm going to show you that in a few minutes it's a time of supernatural harvest the harvest is The plain Jesus encodes the disciples don't pray for the harvest. Pray for the Lord of the harvest that He give you laborers. Yeah, the harvest is already there. You ain't got to pray for God to give the rain and the sunshine and all the things and the, the the temperatures you need for the crop to grow. The crop's there. Pray that you got somebody to get it out of the field before it ruins. Come on. Yes. So there's a time frame that God has given us. How many know the window of grace is closing? Come on, yes. come on, church. Get serious about it. The window of grace is closing. So, what we're going to do this year is we're going to go out. We're not going to wait for them to come in. If we'll go out, they'll have come in. Come on. This thing called discipleship. when we start reaching people. When we start loving on people. When we start helping people. We start helping the little and the orphan. We've already been doing that. Why is God increasing us? Because we're starting to obey what his word says to do. And there's a blessing with that it's called peace. He will give us supernatural peace. Tonight. And many of us in this room today, you say, well, Pastor, maybe just me. I don't know. You said it this way. Maybe just me. You have a hard time sleeping later. You know why? Holy Spirit woke me up this morning. Four o'clock in the morning. I'm, I had my alarm set for seven. Get up. Got out of my bed this morning. And I began to pray for people. The Holy Spirit put in my mind. You say, well, what's the significance? My brother? Called me yesterday, my youngest brother. Jim. My youngest brother called me yesterday. My youngest brother's been messed up for a long time, addicted for a long time. He called me yesterday morning. David said, "I hadn't heard from you in a while, but I want you to know that I've been clean for three months." Wow. Well, Four and he began to tell me of a man that prophesied to him, Miss Tracy, because he chose to go to my sister's church. And my right. sister's father and I wouldn't give up on him. Mm-hmm. He was so high during the holidays; it was just incredible. He was there with us, but he wasn't there with us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She invited me to church, and a man come up to me in church one night. And he said, "The Lord told me to kill." That next year is going to be your best year. Again. Next year is your year of freedom. And God's going to bring you out. <laughs> that God's going to bring you out. He said, I want you to know, and just anything in brings us, and my mind is clear, and the Lord's restored. Thank you. For all the times that you prayed for me, and you loved me, and you allow me to live in your house. Thank you for the time that you put me out of your house when I wouldn't do right or when I would come home drunk and hide in your house and you wouldn't allow me. Thank you for telling me the truth. And I laid there in college room on that bed and I wept and I think, we think people are hopeless. We think God has woke people off but I'm going to tell you, as long as they're breathing air there is a God out that loves people on And we need to quit writing people off. And you say, well, Pastor Rich, why did God some five years ago give you the vision to change the church from Lakeview Community Church, the name of it, to Restoration Church? Because he said, I'm going to make this a house of restoration. Listen, you don't need the restoration unless you broke it. And it's time for the church to drop its head and its eyes a little bit and look down at the people that are broken and hurting and lost and realize that could be me. Could have been me i made the wrong choices mm-hmm. i'm not saying that anymore my brother i love it he's in church this morning Text me this morning i'm getting ready to go to church mm-hmm. there's many times i've gone down the road and i've talked to oh. my wife about standing and i watched my mom the day two days before she went home to big jesus tell me stand you're going to say I've given you to God, you won't be saved. Could you imagine the party that my mom's having in heaven today? Yes. Yeah. You said, well, Pastor Rex, this thing called faith don't work. Yes, it does. Yeah. It works. You said well, what's going to happen to stand tomorrow? Jesus is going to be with Stan stand tomorrow. Okay. You know what I told you? You take it one day at a time, brother. That's right. You don't worry about tomorrow. You live for today. So, Pastor, can God do that for somebody in my family that's in a similar situation? Yeah, you better believe it. Is God going to do that to some of our family members and friends? You better believe it. You need to get ready for it. I'm going to do a TDJ. Get ready, get ready, get ready. There's some things that he's about to do in the church. You say, Well, Pastor Richard, how is God going to do things like that? Through his spirit. Through his church, through the repentance, Mary There's There are no orphans, there's no outcast to God. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. And we honor you. And we thank you. For your goodness and grace that is sufficient for everything. I thank you for the good things, God. I thank you for answering prayers. I thank you for love. I thank you for peace this morning. I pray that you would touch us. And that you would help us and you would. Remind us just how good you are and how powerful
1: you are. And we call those in, God, that in our family members today that are struggling, that are bound, that are having
0: a hard time. We call those in in Jesus' mighty name. We call them in right now, Lost family members, children, brothers and sisters, husbands, wives, whatever the situation may be. We call them in in Jesus' name, and we ask you to heal people. We ask you to put people in our path. We ask you to give us people to lead to you, Jesus. To lead to the plan of salvation. To pray the sinner's prayer with To give some hope to God. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. And we pray above all else, God, that we won't let our left hand know what our right hand does. and we will do it for the kingdom and let you get all honor and glory and power. And, 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 and praise us. In Jesus' mighty name. And all the churches that need and need